welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Cabin in the Woods, directed by Drew Goddard, starring Kristen Connolly and Chris Hemsworth. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Juzo Greenwood. Juzo, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well, Cameron. This is an odd like weekend where I've watched a bunch of movies in a different <laughs> order than I'm talking about them. Um, so yeah. hopefully I'm not going to cross the streams of Donnie Darko for the film club and the killer, which we just saw earlier today. Uh, and then the film we're talking about here, but, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying, uh, watching some, I, I, I never intentionally watch horror movies during Halloween, but it always just ends up, maybe it's just cause <laughs> of your podcast and I've never seen yeah. a lot of these movies. So I just end up watching stuff you recommend like saw, which I thought was mid, but we don't need to get into that too much. Um, but you did like, which one did you like? Um, Donnie Darko? No. Oh, I, d- wait, did you watch Nightmare on Elm Street? I haven't watched that yet. I, oh, okay, okay. okay verdict it. pending on that. Um, I don't know if you're going to like that one. It's it's much more silly, and maybe you'll like that better, I guess. I don't know. But it's well, very so, campy. I'm sure I'll aesthetically like it more, because I just have to say I do not love the what Isaac deemed the, the there's a guy with spiky hair on set aesthetic <laughs> of saw where it's like loud music and they're trying to make it like, I mean, it was just such like a ripoff of seven. Um, though, I mean, I should say, having said that it was not unenjoyable to watch. Like I wasn't in agony watching it. I really don't like that type of movie of like, we have to self inflict like horror movies where the threat is, how much gore you're going to see or like, so you're going to see something (laughs) horrifying. I just don't, I like suspense. I like thrills, that sort of thing. Um, Well, I I, I think, I think that's one of the things that makes saw kind of interesting. At least the original one is mm -hmm. it has the, it has the element of there's a sort of weird conspiracy that's going on that you're trying to piece together at the same time as these characters are trying to piece the puzzle together it really reminds me of like an escape room or like something where oh yeah you're you're trying to you know put put the pieces together so you can get out and there's there is something i think there's something if not simplistic you know obviously it is um but something compelling about that you know that construction but i will say i think the style of the movie has aged the worst out of out of everything in the movie yeah i mean not all of it and i yeah i think that's what keeps you hooked in is is the aspect of solving a puzzle yeah um is just inherently compelling i like those escape room movies honestly i think i probably like those more because they're for wusses like me and they're not (laughs) they're like pg-13 and they're for kids because i don't really care to like it's not that I don't even like gore. Like I love watching the thing or even evil dead is a lot of fun. Like I don't dislike goriness, but my, my mind, my, my stomach for it really shifts a lot based on how, how it's, uh, whether it's humorous or it's definitely when it's self-inflicted, definitely when it's like the threat of, I have to cut my own foot off. <laughs> I'm just not having as good a time. But it's mm. a testament to how sort of clever the whole setup and the the twists and turns of how are they going to get out of this um, that I I found it actually decently enjoyable to watch despite all this negative 
stuff and, and the fact that it's like bad kind of badly acted honestly like yeah pretty bad no offense to lee wanell who made a great a, a movie i like much more invisible man invisible man which is amazing yeah, yeah. um I, mean, I agree it's a invisible man is a much better movie at the end of the day but i i i think it was fun to to go back and watch saw and you should listen to that episode because i think it's like it's a movie that you could imagine a lot of people being um tough to get on board with just based on reputation but to have two people who are like oh yeah you know it, it actually wasn't wasn't that bad it was it was had some really good element you know i think i think that's a testament to to the at least the idea i think is good it it is but i don't know if i would say it's for the casual like it's for if you're, if you're a person who's agnostic about horror it's not where I'd start. Yeah, that's all not. I was saying. It's definitely <laughs> you know go some something tame like Psycho or like that sort of thing. Um, but yes, it's a great it's a good episode and and uh, Isaac is just cracking me up the entire time. I'm like actually looking up what I wrote about like where he said that Ken Lung, uh, Dan Glover's partner, reminded him of Joseph Gordon-Levitt in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> that was so fun. It was so true. The way he runs with a shotgun, it, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. like him in the hospital when he's looking for Gordon. Oh my god! And then where he proposes doing a sequel like Aliens, where there's multiple jigsaws and the Marines get involved. <laughs> oh my god! Um, by the way, I have to say also, I don't think I'd mentioned this to you earlier. Danny Glover, I mean, he's probably the best actor in the movie, and he's he's not bad. But there's something about, maybe it's just the Lethal Weapon movies. But whenever he would get really intense, I just I was like on the floor laughing. Like when he's he, like, "Oh, I'm gonna get you, Jigsaw!" I'm just like, it's inherently funny to me. Him him running around with a gun. It turns into like a best of the worst <laughs> episode because I'm just like cracking up. He's so he's kind of awkward in the movie. Actually, everybody, I feel like everybody in the movie is acting very awkward. But I I wonder, um, I wonder if that's like. I don't know, cause, cause the, a lot of the I don't I don't like any of his other movies, so I mean it could just be he's he's Juan, not very Juan good at or, that. Or yeah, Danny James Wan. Um, oh yeah, it, it could Aquaman. it could just be he's not he's not very good with actors, and I felt the same way about Aquaman as well. Ugh. Like I, Aquaman, the acting is terrible. Everybody lo- is like weird and like styrofoam like. It just has, has like a weird. It's a um, movie that's bad on every level. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's like a um, masterpiece of awfulness. But, but saw. I mean, I don't know. I, there's something charming about it. I I wonder if like, I I kind of have nostalgia for, for that era too. You know, in some ways. I know it's like, it's it's a very cringe um, time. But like, <laughs> I like the like you know x games like monster energy drink commercials you know like like that, there's something about it that that's like very homey to me for some reason i don't know well i guess it, it, we were absorbing different culture at in the <laughs> mid 2000s i think i was too busy watching charlotte's web and enchanted while sure, you were yeah. watching no i mean i i watched those too but you know it's just it, I, there's something about about that era that like I don't know. It reminds me of my uh, my childhood. It does bit. take you back. It's definitely, yeah. it's unmistakably uh, <laughs> 2000s. One other note about the acting, I, I, I must say, is that for a movie where all, I think it, it's also maybe just the dialogue is not great. It It's very, it's not really believable, but it's kind of fun. 
but there's one part of the movie that's so the part where they they're torturing the or not torturing but the the mother and child yeah it's so out are, of place are tied up was like so it that was like such a like especially the girls perform and it's funny because when the girls a- yeah. acting earlier it's like oh, okay it's a kid actor she's not like that great <laughs> but then she's like crying i'm like this is either the greatest child actor or james <laughs> wan should be thrown off a cliff or go to prison because like what the hell are they doing to this kid They're i mean tormenting this child yeah no i don't that, know and that's that's what i mentioned in the episode too was um that that is like the most upsetting scene in the movie for like no reason too it there's, it has like zero reason to exist in the movie plot wise i don't know why he's like having fun tormenting the kids when he's obviously it's a fake out uh, you know ending as right as he's guess. not but, really but yeah. he's not really the villain, uh, so it just doesn't even make sense. I don't know why it's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was. It was. I mean, it, on on its own, it's a. It's a. I mean, powerful. Whatever you want to call it, it's it's it, it's stomach churning, but it's effective. Um, but it, yeah, the rest of the movie is so silly and like it's it's suspenseful in a campy way, not in a dramatic, like <laughs> terrorist video. I mean, it's like yeah, quite yeah. frightening. And then also, I, I thought it was just. I thought it was enough. Actually, I thought that it wasn't a very scary movie to me. It was just, I, it just was like making me, my stomach hurt. Like, uh, you know, this is unpleasant. But the part that I thought genuinely was scary was when Lee Wanell uh, opens the wallet and he's like, hey, it's a picture of my wife yeah. and daughter. And then it's a picture of them tied up. That was like That's the one good. moment that That's good. that sent chills up my spine. And, and it was almost like he could have just left at that. But anyway, this is not a review of Saw, uh, <laughs> just to say. I'm just sharing my ambivalent feelings with Cameron while while I have him on the line here. Uh, well, I mean, I I I do feel like I don't know. I like revisiting these, you know, spooky movies once at least once a year. You know, I I just think it's fun. It's a good time to do it. Um, but I mean, I guess we can get into Cabin oh, in the Woods wait, unless I- you want to talk about. Well, let, let me see. I, I think there are just like one or two things I saw recently that I just wanted to run by you really quick. Uh, one was just to recommend. I already talked to you about this, but there's a movie called Shattered Glass that I just saw with Hayden Christensen, of all people. It's mm. like absolutely great, and he's great in it. And I would say don't even read anything about it. Just see it. It's an absolutely great movie. Super compelling. Not a like an art house. It's it's not a pretentious movie. It's just a like a straightforward compelling drama and uh, would highly recommend and that's not, not just because it's written and directed by the guy who wrote richard jewell it's actually that's <laughs> not no no bias here it's a great movie um the other i wanted to ask you really quick is i we watched donnie darko for the film club and yeah. i was curious to refresh myself on because we i watched it with you in our dorm room many yeah. you know whatever eight years ago and and so you're a fan of that movie right yeah i i like I don't know. I like it sometimes uh, when I think about it. And then I feel like whenever I go back and watch it, I have to remind myself why I like the movie in some ways. <laughs> like, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird movie. Um, but I, I, I like the, I don't know. I like the vibe in some ways. I just, oh, yeah. I, there's, there's something very like tense about the movie. Um, but I don't, I don't really, I don't have a, uh, like an exceptionally good reason to like the movie. Like it's a it's a cult movie for a lot of people. They have like you know an insane love for it. I don't feel that way about it. I guess, but I do like. I I like 
you know, kind of what's going on. And I, I know there's like a com- a more complicated, um, you know, kind of t- plot line that's like, you know, tying all the things together that's happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's interesting, but it's obviously not in the movie. So I don't know if it <laughs> like if it helps that much. But um, yeah. It, it's it's an interesting one. I, I don't know if it's like my favorite thing in the world, but it's an interesting movie. Yeah, it's it's um, it's it's just a weird movie for me. I mean, it's a lot of the it seemed like most of the group really loved it in our film club, but um, it's kind of it's one of these movies where I like I watch it and I think it's like totally. At times I'm like this is absolutely brilliant. At times I'm like this is a complete. <laughs> mess and like yeah. he totally bit off more than he could chew um but at the whole time i it's i'm really just like taken with how well the movie is made even if i'm just like this is like should be half an hour shorter or this is like there's all this extraneous stuff and some of the tangents by the way are really interesting like it's kind of this weird uh, kind of uh kaleidoscopic portrait yeah. of the community actually um I don't know. It's maybe one of these movies I need to see like six more times to really, cause I'm just, I just also just, I didn't understand. I read, I said, Oh, that's what it's about. Like, I'm just dumb. It's like when we saw it, uh, I'm thinking of ending things and you had to explain the whole movie to me, which you <laughs> got cause you, you know, have two brain cells to rub together and unlike myself, but uh, I find it baffling, but I also find it really quite, um, I don't know, quite impressive. And certainly for a first movie, it seems like, I don't know. It's surprising that guy didn't go on to do more, you know, great work or even better work because, um, I mean, it's a better debut than Christopher Nolan's first movie. And it, it seems mm. like he could have had that kind of career, but I don't know. Yeah. Didn't work I mean, out it's that an way. interesting movie. I, I think it's worth watching, but it's very weird. Definitely. Um, I, I think it's good to watch with other people who really like the movie too. You know, there's mm-hmm. something like fun about the, just the, you know, experience of watching the movie. I went and saw it in theaters at, at the Roxy at like a, you know, oh, really? a late screening. Um, and it was fun. It was just, it was, it's a good, it's, you know, it's just one of those movies that it, the vibe, what you said about the vibe, yeah. by the way, that's absolutely. Yeah. And certainly it's, it's a great Halloween movie, like perfectly totally. chosen totally. by Kurt actually, uh, just fits, fits the season wonderfully. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all I wanted to mention. Well, um, yeah, let's get into Cabin in the Woods. I, it was, I, I didn't even remember like half of this movie when I went into it. Me and, uh, Kiana actually watched it when we were in high school together. Um, like when it it came out? Not when it came out. I think we were a little young, but, um, a couple of years after it was, it was probably on Netflix or something. Um, and yeah, we watched it with, uh, some of our other friends as well. Um, and it is just such a, it's a very unique movie, uh, but obviously it's playing on a lot of the, um, the sort of horror stereotypes and it is, it is very much a parody, uh, but not Mm -hmm. in the way that something like, um, you know, it's not like scary movie, you know, it's very much being a horror movie. Um, it's, it's adhering to the principles of, of the horror genre, but, you know, very much deconstructing the you know that um yeah that system right and in in a lot of ways like i don't know i i 
I appreciate it for that, but I think it also limits the the kind of scope of of the movie in some ways, and it definitely has the problem. It's not a problem in this case because I think it I think it actually works um, and is a it has a fun ending. But I would say near the back half of the movie, it it does the sort of JJ Abrams sorry the the, the, you know it does the mystery box kind of thing you know it does that where it's it kind of you know it's opened all of its secrets and now it's it's kind of done. Um, But I guess we can. Yeah, we can get into that we'll later. We'll get into that in the spoilers. Um, the mystery yeah. box thing, by the way, just really quick. That was like a J.J. Abrams, like yeah. a TED talk or so. Like, what even was that? That was something I, where he was like <laughs> considered a, a the paragon of storytelling genius, and his no, genius I, I, idea was just having a twist in the movie. Um, he did do a TED talks t- a TED talk about it. Um, but I think the meme has become like. Um, now it's become like a criticism of that kind of writing, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's weird. Like the way that it, it kind of boomeranged back around Adam. Uh, Cause that was like his, that was always his idea of like, I want to make a movie that has, you know, has all of these questions going on and you know, the movie is about answering those questions, you know, and that's kind of yeah. like the theory. If I'm wait, do you see boomerang that. around Adam or are you talking Abrams? No, no, no. I, sorry. It that idea, you know, he put the idea out, and okay. the idea has boomeranged back towards him, you know, in a, right. in a negative way. Right, um, right, right. Because I uh, just like, be- like, but what even is this idea? That, I mean, like, there's a mystery in a movie. Like, I just don't understand how this is like. People are like, wow, this no one's ever <laughs> touched on this. And by the way, I'm speaking as a guy who's probably like one of the biggest Abrams defenders alive and i like literally probably all of his movies but um i just i don't know i just never understood what that i was too young when that mystery box thing came out and i don't get i don't get it but yeah anyway. i mean yeah i think he probably has more I, it's been a long time since i watched uh, that ted talk it's funny you you reminded me um of <laughs> i remember was it was like an actual ted talk it was like like wired mag like one of these like kind of cool quote-unquote magazines had the box with the question mark on it like yeah. it was like a big yeah, yeah. thing i guess he was this sort of big newer director at that point where he was like could do no wrong with i don't know star yeah. trek and a super eight i guess super eight is kind of, and also he was writing stuff right lost and cloverfield these movies kind of had a I mystery think it element came, i think the idea came from lost basically yeah um you know, his, his, the, the concept of lost was, you know, you drop all these people on an Island and a bunch of stuff happens, you know, and you're not sure where it's coming from, you know? And it's like that idea kind of only goes so far, you know? And as much as, as much as you, you know, unravel, it becomes less and less mysterious, the idea. So anyways, that's, that's kind of a tangent for, for the movie that we're making because this, it has the mystery box in it. Um, you know, that sort of element, but I think in, on a deeper level level or, you know, what it's doing sort of conceptually is much more, um, interesting and kind of apparent of, of, you know, a critique and a sort of revitalization of the, you know, the classic horror tropes or even, Mm -hmm. you know, in some ways it's kind of an essay about, um, horror and what, you know, what this, this sort of. Um, what these stereotypes and what these tropes have have become, and 
you know, I, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's an interesting concept for a movie. Um, and to me at the most basic level, it's just a lot of fun, you know, (laughs) like it really, it really just is a, is a great time to watch, you know, more than anything for me. Yeah. Um, Just watching it unfold is what's, and I think I, I do agree with you, whatever my non-comprehension of the mystery box history I definitely, I think, speaking in vague terms, once sort of that is all is revealed in the movie, it definitely it loses a little bit. I don't. It's not that the movie is a disaster from that point onward, but but we'll get into that more. We yeah. On. Well, I guess um, to sort of set the scene up, um, it has a very interesting opening where, uh, uh, kind of inexplicably, it opens with with a you know kind of a a dialogue scene in an office um, that's kind of random. You know, it seems like they're, they're talking about like, uh, you know, their relationship and whatnot. And they're kind of walking down the hall and, and you're, yeah. you're not like, really like getting a, a lot of context talk or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and they, they, end, <laughs> they end up driving um, down the hallway in a, in a go-kart and it just hard cuts to the, <laughs> to the opening titles. Yeah. The bloody... and so you're like, title yeah <laughs> you're like okay i'm curious i don't i don't really know what's going on you know and then it starts the setup of what you've kind of been expecting it's the the teens you know they're um you've got the the girl who's you know smart and has to be taken out of her shell um you have the other girl who's you know the popular one or she's you know she's she's the blonde one she's got the boyfriend blah 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 yeah um and then you know the jock comes in and he throws the he throws the football at the window you know and it just has this you know it's <laughs> I mean it's so stereotypical right yeah ex- yeah by um, design and very you know very purposely f- so and then there's the kind of nice quiet guy who um, you know maybe will become the protagonist who knows you know that's normally what what it would be um, it would be like he'd be the protagonist for seventy five percent and then it would end up being the you know the final, final girl, girl at the end. right. Um, and then uh, the the best character in the movie, uh, the stoner, um, who that guy was great. You know, rolls up uh, with his telescoping uh, uh, <laughs> coffee mug bong, uh, which is just hilarious. It's a great. Um, it's like it's just yeah. It's just a. This is a great prop. Whoever thought that prop. up, or if that maybe is a real thing, I don't know. Um, no, I think they. I think they had to like make it custom made. It was like you know, like five grand or something. I, I was reading the trivia. Um, worth every yeah, penny. That that was very funny. And um, then, as every horror movie does, they're you know driving together in their uh, in their you know rustic looking RV, and they come upon a uh, you know Texas Chainsaw style gas station in the middle of nowhere. You know. Um, and right. they, they come upon the old man or as the office workers will end up calling him the harbinger. Um, you know, the, the person who ends up telling them basically like, don't go up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, which is another sort of very common trope in, in a lot of these movies. Um, and they, you know, they end up getting up to the cabin and this is where it kind of cuts back to that, um, you know, office style thing. And you're kind of, you're piecing those two plot lines together um, as, you know, 
you kind of realize that they're actually being, you know, sort of set up in this way. Right. And so this is kind of the first, um, I guess, subversion of, of, you know, the expectations of this, this story. And he's going back and forth through the whole, really just throughout the movie. Um, yeah. It's not, that's why it's not really even spoilers to talk about that, the facility thing. And it's an interesting choice to do that. Cause I think there's a version of this movie where, you just think you're watching a generic horror movie, guys goes to the woods basically, and then that's all revealed, which I don't know could have a fun element of surprise to it, but it it actually creates a lot more. I was a lot more compelled because they were giving these things, and you're trying to figure out exactly what's the nature of this facility. These two kind of like buttoned up, nondescript seeming employees are are working at and there's allusions to other experiments or whatever you want to call them um but it it it, it's compelling to watch it's also two great actors bradley whitford and and uh, richard jenkins who are two they're kind of like that guy character actors um who are always i always i always enjoy and they have a sort of nice uh, uh back and forth between them also i have to say that there's uh Two other people in that, I, I'm only mentioning it because one of the guys I, is from another movie I like. Amy Acker, the woman, and then there's a black guy who, I don't know if he's like security or whatever he is, and he looks yeah, so I familiar to like me. new head of security or something. Yeah, and he's kind of the, also like the voice of reason or kind of, like he's a little more skeptical about the process. Yeah. Um, and I, he looks so familiar and I realize he's the guy in Brick who Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's like the football player who's like oh. always giving those speeches and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt kicks his ass. Um, <laughs> I forget his name now, but that's, uh, that's oh, funny. it was fun to see him. Um, anyway, but I, I have to say that watching this, if I'm going to talk you through who, like how I felt watching this opening, I was definitely a little bit mixed about, I, I'm historically not a big fan of Joss Whedon as a filmmaker. And <laughs> sure, I really am yeah. saying this not because of the justice league movie or like just, just Whedon has become one of these people like Ezra Miller or Roman Polanski, where it's like people find out he's a horrible person, not as horrible, by the way, he's not been accused of anything like that. That's, he must be a really horrible person. He must be that much of a jerk that he's <laughs> almost canceled as much as those guys. And he's never been once accused of actual crimes. So it's, he's literally just been canceled for being a jerk. I think there's almost no one you could say that about, except maybe Scott Rudin. Um, but anyway, he wrote, he co-wrote the movie, and he has a certain kind of style of very self-aware humor. I think it's also just become very pervasive in movies, mm-hmm. yeah, post-Avengers, yeah. post-Marvel. Uh, Deadpool is kind of in the same vein, you could say. Um, so I, I probably have a little bit, I probably had more tolerance for it watching the first Avengers when it was a little bit felt a little bit more fresh. And also I was 15 years old rather than a jaded old man. And I, so I, it's a little bit like there was an obnoxiousness with the characters uh, on both sides of the movie, the teenagers and the workers where I was going yeah. like, Oh God, are we just going to be all like people talking like Joss Whedon characters and being like <laughs> quippy and, you know, just being super self-aware. And, of course, the whole thing has a built-in self-awareness because you know right. there's some kind of, you know, puppet mastering thing going on with the cabinet itself. Um, so I was a little – it was one of these things where I was kind of like, oh, man, this is kind of – I'm not vibing with it completely, but it was 
it was that mystery of what is going on here and what is the exact nature of because I have all these sort of theories. Maybe we get into it more when we pass the spoiler line, but you your mind starts going to all these places of like what what are they doing? What's the nature of this? How does this even work? This process of corralling these people into one place. What's the purpose of it? Um, and that question is the thing that, because I don't really care about a movie, a cabin the in the mystery woods. box. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's what makes that is what makes me interested in this case because I don't really, yeah, yeah, what a bunch of teenagers that are intentionally written as cliches venturing into the woods, like, oh yeah, gee, I wonder what's going to happen, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I think is why the movie kind of stands out in that way. It, obviously, it's playing on the cliches, um, playing on your your expectation of what a horror movie, you know, how it's structured, how the shots are structured, how it looks. Um, right. There's yeah, even the, the detail and the craft. Right. Yeah. There's even moments I really love. Um, it's, it's super small, but um, there's a shot where, you know, they're in the gas station and he's kind of, he's kind of going through and it's abandoned. And, you know, the, obviously, you know, the, the thing is you're going to, you, you, he's going to turn around and there's going to be someone standing behind him, you know, right. and there's a shot where it, it tracks backwards um, with him as he's kind of, as he's, you know, and it's, you're expecting it to, to cut, um, but, it, but it doesn't. And the, the jump scare happens like, you know, a couple seconds later, basically. Mm. Oh, um, and it's yeah. just a really interesting, like he's throughout the movie, he's kind of playing with these um, things that, you know, already about horror movies the language of horror movies mm-hmm. um and that's why it is kind of interesting when he goes back to the to the office building and they're kind of nonchalantly like you know they're they're like drinking coffee and eating you know cookies and stuff and you know they're just kind of talking about whatever's going on and you know you see these you get little snippets of of the actual plan or the grand you know overarching thing um and you're kind of drawn in by that um sense in a, in a lot of ways um and i think i think it really right. works it starts to work when you know um they get to the cabin they're all sort of hanging out it's that very you know stereotypical thing um and then you know you start to get these moments where they're kind of talking about how they're you know, laying the bait, basically. They're laying these traps for them to uh, to fall into. And I think he has a conversation with the security guard guy, who, you know, and he says, um, you know, we can't force them to, to do anything. We have to sort of make them, you know, they have to yeah. choose themselves, basically. Yeah, like th- through various forms of coercion where... where- yeah. Um, well, I just can't, I don't know if we're going to get into the details right now, but, um, yeah, it forces it into an interesting kind of, it's like an interesting kind of, uh, what do we call it, a metaphor or just some kind of situation where it feels like, uh, the, the Jenkins and Whitford are almost like, they're either like godlike figures or they're like filmmakers. And it's a kind yeah. of like, um, Truman show is what definitely what I was thinking of a lot in terms yeah. of Ed Harris playing this like director who's like overseeing everything and kind of manipulating the events of what the the protagonist just thinks are, he thinks he has free will, but he doesn't essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think for me, 
I do I do like the movie as as sort of a, a metaphor about um, the structure of making an audience feel something um, you know mm-hmm. making making you know these characters who you know you're leaning into or you're kind of questioning why they do these things um, you know I, I like the yeah I like I like that as the metaphor in terms of um, you know the the puppet masters being the ones who are um, you know controlling the things on on set essentially you know I think mm. I think it just you know is a is a fun um, you know it's a fun moment but but then at at the same time underneath it all um, it is a pretty effective horror movie at times and I think that's what makes it kind of special too is you know when the the door blows up the door to the basement blows open you know there's that there's that moment where it's uh you know they and then they go down there you know there's like there's something very interesting as as much as a you know super stereotypical story this is you know the the character is all going up to the woods and finding out something weird and then you know blah 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 obviously that's been done a lot and in probably much better ways um but you know there there's there's moments of real tension and real you know horror in in this pretty stereotypical movie which i think is i don't know it's it's an interesting you know it it's an interesting dichotomy because as much mm-hmm. as it could be kind of a goofy silly horror movie um, and as much as they kind of give the game away already in the beginning, you know, it still is intense in those ways. Um, so I think it's, I think it's pretty successful at that, I guess. Yeah, no, it, it, it hits the, it, it, it is scary. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's fairly spooky when they're going down into the cellar or like that sort of, it hits on the stereotypical beats of a horror movie like that still affect i mean drew goddard is a good um he's a good craftsman with this sort of stuff um i think he's using actually david lynch's cinematographer and um he he made a really good movie actually called bad times at the el royale which also was kind of this one location thing where there's a lot of kind of like what's going on below the surface and above it um and he's good at generating these kind of like suspense in, in, in close quarters and different characters uh, with different motivations and that sort of thing. But the, um, yeah, so it hits on just the level of the, just this general spookiness, uh, you know, of just the classic Cabin in the Woods movie. And then it also has this, what I do think is like a scariness in like an unexpected way of these kind of, yeah, characters playing God or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And just the the idea that your life is out of your control and the idea right, that right. there are these darker forces that are actually pulling the strings, which it can be in- interpreted really in a number of different ways in terms of the forces of God or the forces of, um, you know the, the media the power, or just yeah the media the powerful or powerful just people in the world who are yeah do, using their own versions of you know injecting pheromones into the air so people start having <laughs> sex which is uh an interesting part of this movie or just just to name one example of how they're 
because it's not just like they create the situation, but they're also they're altering the minds of the uh, of the, the characters. Like yeah, a little bit um, to make them more uh, susceptible. Make them susceptible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. I I also like as sort of sinister as it is. I do think the those office moments give a bit of levity to to the movie in some mm-hmm. ways you know it's a it's a very funny movie to me um it, you know in a lot of scenes i love when they're like betting on which monster is gonna <laughs> come and kill oh, everybody yeah. Yeah, you know funny. it's it's like there's there's great stuff like that where you know the movie kind of has uh it's, it just has a charm to it you know um i also think for a uh, a movie that's you know dancing on the line of scary and funny. I think it does a really good job um, in that kind of us. Uh, yeah, Jordan know, Peele get out, kind of picked up the mantle know. of that. Yeah, yeah. I think it does a really good job of of sort of setting the groundwork for both a scary movie and a funny movie. It definitely does it more split than something like like Peele would do. Um, you know, Peel. I think he he integrates his f- scenarios much better. Like I've, yeah, I, yeah, and, love... and the humor and fear also. I think yes, yeah, um, yeah, because he's and he's also. I mean, he's just on another level. He, he's a better. Yeah, he's a better he's, he's funnier than like Whedon is not always funny. Like there's stuff in this yeah, that yeah. just annoyed me, and there's stuff that was fun. I mean, I have to say the payoff of the bong extendable bong that was funny. I laughed when that happened. So it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't you know a zero percent hit rate but peel is genuinely funny and suspenseful and scary um and thus far all his movies also just hold up all the way he never really like loses the audience in terms of like being bored with the mystery or the suspense yeah those movies are just great um but yeah you could say this is like a a cousin uh tonally and and also just as kind of a uh examination of the genre slightly parodic sort of examination of the genre um and yeah i think it's effective it it was one of the rare movies i've seen where it i'm not totally into it and i was winning me over and i was like starting to really be impressed with it as it as it went on i think most movies have a nice they hook you in and then it's you're kind of like oh they don't really have anything there but this was like oh wow they actually do have something it was unexpected and it did keep me sort of guessing and it was um, more intriguing as it, as it went along. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess um, we can get into spoilers a bit. I would say like in terms of first watching the movie, it's funny now because I think everybody knows kind of the gimmick of the movie now, but when it was first marketed, it was very much marketed as the classic horror the the cabin in the woods movie you know yeah it was, it, the the trailer was very much a you know horror movie trailer it didn't have anything about the you know the office or the dual storylines or anything like that um it was very very straight w- with with its marketing which was a a smart idea and i think that's why it caught a lot of people off guard um you know i i i think if you went in in 2011 and you didn't expect anything, you know, like the office plot or anything like that. Like you would be surprised, and it, and it would be kind of delightful to to see something a little more 
rounded out, I guess. And that's why I, I love that intro sequence where it's, it's just them talking, you know, having water cooler talk and then it just <laughs> cabin in the woods, you know? It's, yeah. It's just the, the, the funny, you know, the sort of irony of that is, is just, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, it, it totally, um, that's why I'm looking at the trailer and how it's it's really well. I kind of feel like I remember that trailer because it kind of sets it up in a way where you see little bits of the manipulation, like someone pulling a lever or yeah, yeah. the bird flies into the force field, which is just a great moment, you know? Um, just little things that are setting up that there's something under the surface, but it doesn't show any of that stuff. Um, but then, yeah, then the movie just sort of gives you that, Yes, there's something going on. It it, it just tells you that up front. Um, but I guess it's a little bit like, you know, what's the Hitchcock thing about, you know, a bomb's under the table, that's suspense. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's giving yeah, you yeah. that kind of um, information that, that actually makes it more compelling. Certainly compelling to me because I was like, I don't know how much of these kind of irksome characters am I going to be really... I mean, whatever. I, I They weren't horrible and, you know, it wasn't terrible, but I was just like... Okay, there. It's a little bit. It's intentionally cliched. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that the the, the the promise of something else, um, is what is what I think draws you through. And then yeah, we should get into spoilers to discuss the specifics of, of such. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I guess. You know, if we haven't spoiled it enough already, uh, watch the movie first. It's on HBO. I think it's good. I think it's worth watching. It's also only ninety minutes, so really, you know, yeah, not that, not that intense. Also, it's like, it's it's a good movie for non horror people. I think, uh, um, for the think most so? part. Well, I mean, Kiana likes it, so she 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 wasn't That's planning fair. on watching it, um, and you know, I put it on, and she sat down for the whole thing. So the only thing um, I think is, is it's like incredible. Now we're into spoilers. It's it's like incredibly bloody it's quite yeah quite violent. gory <laughs> I, I just think you know I, I described this movie to my mom I was telling you and like she thought there's something wrong with me she's like are you like like she almost was acting like like is it like why would you want to watch this sort of thing um, so I wouldn't say it's for all non-horror movie fans but I think it is probably a little bit more I don't know if accessible, but it it just might be more interesting than your typical. Because I think some people who don't like horror, it's they don't like that it's so programmatic. You know, oh, okay, this person's gonna get killed in this order. It's it's very by the numbers. Yeah. Um, and this Which really this is making fun of, obviously. It's making yeah. fun of, and it and it uh, has a pretty satisfying, um, you know, change in directions. I think. Yeah. Totally. Um. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you, if you can't handle the violence, then, you know, obviously that would be an issue, but, um, yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's I a good, know. you know, you can ease into it. It's not super scary, but it, and it has something fun and it's, you know, there's, there's elements that are, you know, that it, it takes the stress away of the movie, you know? So I think it, I think it does a good job. A little bit. But, but then it's like horribly nightmarish what's really going because I, I <laughs> yeah. was okay we're into it now I was thinking for a while I'm like is this just like a movie where it's a test or where it's like nothing it's not really real or it's some mm, yeah, test yeah. of character or or even like a like a thing where Truman Show where only Kristen Connolly is like everyone else is just an actor you know like there's all these sort of things that right, go through right, your head right. 
And then, of course, as it goes on, they start referring to, like, the people down below. Downstairs, yeah. Yeah, downstairs. And I was like, oh, Satan? Are we talking about Satan here? Like, <laughs> oh, dear, you know? Um, and Which I think, I think it's kind of the idea in some ways. Yeah, like the, it's you know. non-denominational yeah, yeah. demonic forces. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it when they start... Um, pulling the lever, the and the blood comes down. <laughs> like you're like, oh my god! Like we're talking. This is we're getting really interesting here. Um, yeah, and there's well, and there's a moment where they they pray. Um, you know, they there's they kind of have a solemn moment right after uh, the blonde right. woman dies. That's um, right. You know, and and she's the first. She's br- she's brutally murdered. You know, first, which yes. is is kind of interesting. Which I think, I think, you know, is, I guess that's common in these, you know, sort of B horror movies for, you know, they, they go off and they have sex and then, you know, the woman dies brutally, I guess. Um, so, sure. you know, it, 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 you know, it follows that, that track, but yeah, they, they, you know, they have an, an old rickety machine that smashes a vial and, you know, all the blood comes down. And then they, um, maybe it's before that, I guess. Oh yeah. It's before they, before they pull the lever, they kind of, they're like solemnly staring, you know, after she dies and they kind of say these words and, and they kiss, you know, their, their pendant. Um, and then they, right. They, they pull, pull the lever, which, um, is kind of the first moment in the office sequences where you're like, oh, there's something like seriously weird going on here you know there's something not obviously it's been weird all along but this is like <laughs> this is a messed up and it's stuff, also you know? it's a great it's great on the first watch especially where you're just you're getting a, a feel for what there is going on in this facility which is very high tech and modern but mm-hmm. then him to pull this very old-fashioned a mechanical device and it's all this sort of like gears turning it seems yeah. like it's very ancient uh, device it just gives you a little more in, into the the nature of what they're doing and they're like this has been going on it has that like chilling feel that you get from i don't know what like movies i'm thinking of where i mean, even even like under the silver lake or something like that where it's like there's these like darker forces that yeah. have been going on for hundreds of years um that are you're getting a sort of a glimpse into um that makes it yeah you know a lot more a lot more spooky to me than if it was just you know zombies coming out of the dirt which is you know yeah. scary enough but but it's it's a different kind of different kind of thing um i did think then the movie became your classic like action movie or your classic kind of contained thriller it was pretty well done and and Definitely. having things like yeah. that you know i mean the thing i'm referencing with the his his bong he he <laughs> He unsheathes it into the, its extended form, and I don't know if he's like I forget if he's sword fighting or whatever he's doing with one of the zombies, but it was really silly, but also kind of awesome. Um, yeah, well, and and I guess before before that happens, you know, the, the the jock guy comes and he he you know his girlfriend has just been slaughtered um yeah they throw and, her head into the house and they're like yeah oh my yeah God. they throw they throw the head into the house and so they're they're all kind of freaking out and there there is this very intense sequence that i i think is 
um, quite well done, you know, where everybody uh, in the office is like, all right, this is the time, you know, they're going to, they're going to get all these, all these guys, you know, and so they sort of lock them in their, in their rooms and they're kind of playing these uh, behind the game, the behind the scenes games um, to keep everybody separated. There's a moment that I think is, is awesome where, um hemsworth he's like he's like whatever we do you know we'll we stick gotta together. barricade every door we yeah. gotta you know close all the windows but whatever we do we have to stick together and then, you know because the office guys are like oh no okay all right <laughs> put in the put in the gas that makes him unreasonable which is like it's completely like i don't even know how that even makes sense was this drug that makes you do that but it's, it is funny when he, he gets he inhales it and hemsworth is like I think we should split up, and everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah." And then, of course, and that was kind of a night. That was a nice little twist at the end that Fran Kranz, the ner or the jock, or not the the um, the stoner, is he's since he's been smoking pot the entire time, it's made him <laughs> immune to all the gas. So he's the only one who's not impaired in his thinking. Yeah, well, and he, you know, and he's and the they, one who's like, "Really? Are you sure you want to?" <laughs> and they mentioned the. Um, you know, because part of part of what you find out later on is, you know, they've kind of been doing recon on these characters, and so they they know they know the story. It's kind of it's just like the killer, you know. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> um, well, yeah, they, in that sense, yeah. You know, they basically know all these characters and know their habits, and you know, they they drug the hair dye that the blonde lady, you know, uh, does, so that right. she becomes more you know loose uh you know and they and so they i guess they spiked his his weed supposedly and that's kind of what you think throughout the movie um mm-hmm. and then in the end uh it, it as it turns out he he had a different weed that he's been smoking that they they hadn't found you know and that's kind of why he's right. he's the most sensible even though he's you know basically just been been high this whole time um, yeah but it's, he was it's just, just a, oh yeah go ahead he he is he is an amazing character. He's so yeah, funny. I was just gonna say, I I really, honestly, outside of just the twists and turns of the story itself, it was just surprising to me how much I enjoyed him. And I think maybe just it's testament to the performance or whatever the the writing was of of that character because. When he showed up on screen initially, I was like, "Oh God, this is just going to be like the most obnoxious." character in the movie and he kind of plays it up a little bit like that but he he actually either he leaned into the stereotype enough or just um he's a good enough actor that he ended up actually being really funny and i think just the, you know the best I don't, the best performance at least of not the the two guys in the facility of, of the of the teenagers um yeah i thought i thought he was he was really good and then it blew my mind after because i'm watching this guy he's a total that guy right this guy fran Krenz. <laughs> He, and he's like, he looks like Spike Jones, you know, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not him. It's not, I, I'm just, my brain's going, is it like, is it Thomas Middleditch? Like one of these like nerd <laughs> character actors. And then I find out who it is. And I realize this guy last or a couple of years ago, he wrote and directed his first movie. And it was this like super serious chamber drama about a, a, a pair of parents of a school shooter who meet with the parents of a victim of the, his victim. Mm. Um, and it's just this like two hour, really beautiful, straightforward drama. It's called mass. Um, I would, a movie I'd highly recommend though. It could not be further from 
uh, Cap in the Woods in every way. Um, but shout out to him, man. I mean, he's he has the range from playing this wacky stoner to you know directing a, a really beautiful movie. Mm. Um, so yeah, he was he was great. Yeah. Um, and it's a great moment when he comes back too, because I was like, oh, like when he got killed, I remember actually going like, oh man, he was like the best character in the movie. Um, yeah, you yeah. think he got killed, and then he shows up at the end. I was like, oh, like I imagine if I was in the theater, everyone would have clapped or something, you know, because you're just like, yeah, he's back. Um, well, the moment the moment he gets killed, it is funny because um, I think I forget what happens, but um, oh yeah, he gets he gets uh, he gets knifed in the back. You know the the zombie throws the knife and then he drags him up, um, and you know and then they pull the lever and the blood comes down. But you don't you don't really see anything. But well, you, the you implication see, he drags him into a hole and then you see blood flying out of the right. hole. Right. Yeah. Only you yes, realize yes, later yes. is I think the zombie's blood. Yes. Um, yeah. getting thrown. Um, and then yeah, like you said, when he comes back, when there's kind of a there's kind of a huge mood shift. I guess I, maybe we'll get to that in a in a minute but um you know basically they they're trying to find their way out uh chris hemsworth is is back you know he's they've they've gotten out of the cabin the zombies are chasing him but they're driving away uh they're gonna go you know through the tunnel back from whence they came Mm -hmm. and um uh that was a great sequence yeah yeah. There's a panic in the in the office because they have they were supposed to have blown up the tunnel so right. that they couldn't escape. Yeah. Um and so there's this there's this amazing moment where, you know, he's running through the hallway, he's like, Make a hole, you know, get away. <laughs> like Yeah, oh that's so great. Yeah, and it's Richard Jenkins, which is also just yeah. funny because he's just like this kind of like middle aged, you know, normal guy doing an action scene and he has to like he's like hot wiring it or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But um no, that was really exciting. And then I have to say, the moment after that, when Hemsworth is jumping the motorcycle, <laughs> as silly as that is, he's like really sells that moment. Like he's, it's a totally. really great. Like it was kind of like a stirring moment where you're like, this, this is our hero right here. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, I, I, I usually am behind on movies, but this is one point where I was like, oh wait, there's a force field there before he actually did it and i was like oh shit, he's gonna hit a force field yeah yeah um and that's a great just like the visual of him going and like hitting it all the way down into basically infinity like you don't even hear him where he f- falls um that was just i don't know it's it pretty great that whole and the whole chase in the in the um rv was great after that too i i, I was they were really like cooking i felt like definitely for that's, that i think that's my favorite those are my favorite parts of the movie as, as weirdly as stereotypical as they kind of are, but knowing having that extra third level where, you know, you, you're kind of following the monsters aren't really the monsters, you know, they're kind of just peripheral. Um, but knowing that there's these people on the other end who are tra- trying to sabotage their escape is, is very exciting. You well, know, it, there's something spy like about that kind of, you know construction yeah it becomes one of those things that i've been i've been thinking about more recently how certain movies kind of work in in two directions was i talking about this about panic room recently how panic room is to me like the the perfect example of this where you can watch the movie both as a movie about a woman defending her house from home invaders and you watch you're watching a movie about a criminal in over his head for its whitaker 
and a very yeah. botched heist, basically. But you're kind of rooting for both. And it's like in this movie, you're not you're more rooting for the kids, obviously, than the um, the facility workers, Richard Jenkins. But it's still you end up kind of in a in a sick sort of way. You you end up kind of wanting them to succeed, or or just like you're 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 rooting for them to like they have a mission as well i guess that's yeah. however i'd put it uh, and you're, you're and not you really want- rooting for them but there is something the way that that it's it's set up is there is kind of that tension of of oh are they going to stop them or you know blah 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 and then when you kind of get back to the kids you're like on their side fully you know but they they do it both ways i think you're right yeah yeah it's it's weird because it's not it, it feels like a little bit different than the typical like just being the antagonist maybe it's because also you know like the darker forces that are at stake here. So you're a little mm, bit like, yeah. well, they're, okay, they're not like doing this for purely evil. Well, I guess they are almost definitionely they are, but it's like, it's like, Oh, they, they see it as the greater good. It's a weird sort of thing. And people always talk about with, with uh, like Thanos, that sort of thing, which I never bought. I was just like, Thanos is evil and boring and <laughs> he had no good ideas. And I wish they would bring back Sam Rockwell from Iron Man too. Um, <laughs> but uh, this you, you did have, and also the, Richard Jenkins is just such an everyman. You know, I think that's the other thing is you're just like, yeah, yeah, you inherently kind of sympathize with him, even though he's trying to murder five teenagers. <laughs> um, so it, it it becomes this interesting sort of, um, I don't know it's like t- two sides of an exciting thriller, basically. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then seeing yeah the twist, and then and having uh, Fran Kranz being alive um and then his because that's the other thing is like he's the only one who finds the cameras that was why i was disappointed when right he, i thought he yeah. died because like oh that was such an interesting way to go and then goddard brings that back and you're like yes that's like what i was interested in seeing like what what happens when you know the the uh, lab rats gain consciousness you know like that's basically yeah, what yeah, you're watching yeah. um and yeah, they're going down in the. I, I just thought that was such a great, and again, just like really uh, suspenseful. Them going down into the elevator and seeing all those—that was spooky to me when they're Definitely. when they're just seeing everything, and especially the guy standing there calmly in the shadows with his saw, whatever. It was actually—I <laughs> almost felt like that was unnecessary that he had um, like blades in his forehead because it almost was like. It was already scary. Like it didn't even need to have an extra element. It was just yeah, spooky seeing yeah. him standing there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I do. Back. I, I do love you know, and that's kind of the first. You're obviously getting glimpses of it, and you kind of are piecing together that these, you know, the compound or whatever they're they're trying to lure these kids in to be killed by these monsters, you know, and there's right. multiple different monsters, but you're kind of, you're still not sure exactly sort of the mechanism of, of what's going on. And, and a lot of movies I think would leave that up to your imagination. Um, but I like how they kind of, they're kind of in the weeds uh, in this movie about like, yeah, they actually pump them up through elevator shafts where, you know, they choose all the different, you know, things that they have, you know, they're in this like glass box now, you know, and, and they have to go f- search for li- for them individually on, on the cameras of like each box, you know, and this is how they store all the monsters. Oh, and- that's interesting. Do you get a glimpse of that early in the movie when they're bringing out the zombies? No, no, no. Um, or just when, when you end. see it. 
right yeah right. um you know and and there's kind of this uh at 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 every layer you know you find out something more and more about about the way that you know right. this compound thing is set up which i just think is is really interesting and i love i love that moment where she kind of puts it into perspective she she sees there's the man who's holding the little ball with the saws in his head um yeah and she figures it out you know yeah. and she yeah and she figures out like oh we're supposed to choose what what comes and kills us you know and it's yeah, it's just a great yeah, it was good you know it's a great moment and i yeah. i um and then on the flip side i love the joke where <laughs> you know he he wants to see a uh, a merman and he's like He's like he had the conch in his hand, you know. He was so close, you know. It's just funny, you know. There's, there's, and then a merman eats him at the end. And a merman eats him, you know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think there's something charming about the, um, the way the movie's set up, and I, I like what you're saying about how, um, part of the interest of a movie like this is like, oh, but wait, what if they found out that that, like, what if they found out that they were in the Truman show. You know, what if there's this, you know, there's this layer that they go down and they, you know, uh, find out who's doing this to them, you know, and there is that kind of schadenfreude where, you know, they (laughs) unleash all the beasts on, on the compound. And, you know, there is something very um, satisfying about it until sort of, I guess until the end where, you know, it comes back and destroys the world, I guess, you know, I don't know. There's, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the ending. Uh, yeah. The whole thing with unleashing the creatures was, was when it happened, I was so fired. Like it was so great. Um, and then it sort of, once they actually appeared, I sort of, it, it was one of these things where I, I was really excited for it to happen, but then it's like, once it happened, I sort of, it's not that I lost interest, but it it um, it gets goofier, you know. I think There's... yeah, I think also it's just like they're all it's all CGI. Like it just doesn't look that great for one thing. I think I I kind yeah, of definitely. it made me wonder if like is there a version of this where it's all like um what's the the Stan Winston who are those guys like the guys or the guys who did the thing creatures like yeah, that sort of yeah. thing where it's rubbery and awesome looking and <laughs> I might've enjoyed those scenes. I just don't, Definitely. I don't yeah. like looking at CGI monsters and gore. There's something about yeah, it look- when it's claymation or, um, you know, puppets and rubber and all that stuff that it, it's, it's like cool. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just more artful to me. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, def- well, that's why the scariest ones, the scariest monsters in, you know, at the end are there's that you know the guy with the saw blades in his in his head and the right. the people with the doll faces are pretty spooky. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those are and those are just people in masks. You know, so there's, the, I don't know. I feel like there's, I think you're you're right. Um, it definitely starts to look goofy. Um, and it's very, I don't know. It, it hasn't aged super well, I guess. It's, um, it's fine. I mean, it was fine and it was funny and there's a lot of like creativity with like having all these different kinds of creatures. I like the unicorn who stabs the guy in the the heart, you know, unexpected. Um, it's just one of these things where I think, you know, honestly what it is also is I think that's the point where the mystery is 
kind of gone, gone from the movie. Yeah, like that, sure. basically up to that point, you're you're curious about what's being uncovered, and then it it just sort of loses that, and and they're like, well, what do we do next? Like, how do we close this? Basically, it's like, yeah, oh, we'll yeah. just they all fight, and it's like, okay, that's fair enough. It's it's it it works just fine. Um, I mean. I, I shouldn't even. I, I I don't even have a complaint that it doesn't make sense that there's a red button that unleashes all the <laughs> monsters onto their own compound because that's so stupid. <laughs> but it's like it doesn't matter because that's just like that's what needs to happen. It's like yeah, of course yeah. you want to see that happen and you want to see the them get their comeuppance for unleashing monsters on on them. Um, so it's like it it it, it was uh, it's just it was where the movie got less interesting but didn't it never lost me completely and then yeah i have to no, say I one don't. other thing that was cool was the they enter the facility i always anything underground compound tunnels secret society like that sort of stuff i always am digging and then when they get out of the elevator you hear a woman's voice that i was mm-hmm. like that sounds like sigourney weaver like her her wally computer voice you know and i'm i'm was thinking yeah maybe they got her for a day to do you know uh do some recording and then lo and behold they get to the (laughs) temple and sigourney weaver herself and uh, truly a surprise cameo for me because i i yeah often i read too much about movies so i know that there's gonna be someone in it but i no idea she was in the movie so that was kind of fun she Um, plays the the director who's kind of the last uh last hope i guess for not unleashing all the uh yeah convincing all the them. evil underground the, i i thought for a second when she first appeared from beneath it looked like she was coming up from the ground i thought she was playing satan and i was like that's very mm, funny yeah. that you'd get sigourney yeah. weaver to play the voice <laughs> of satan um but no she actually she's the director of the facility and yeah. she's trying to stop them um yeah. and, and she then, goes through and kind of explains um you know the the classic movie tropes though i don't know if we need that that scene though i do like it i i think it um (laughs) you know there's there's kind of this it it's funny in some ways but it's it's kind of maybe it's a little overdone but uh you know she's kind of going through and she and there's literal like flashbacks of all the characters who like you know this is the jock and this is the you know the yeah oh yeah in case you didn't know right yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah um where i'm like i mean yeah i guess we can i guess we can do that she already says you know oh it's us all of these all of these, you know, drawings, they're us, you know? Right. So I don't know. I mean, in some ways I like the goofiness of it, but it was fine. I, I mean, it, it was another one of these things where I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know how I'd write myself out of this one. I mean, they've had such come up with such a creative idea for this kind of yeah, facility yeah. and this history of the place and what they're doing and that they basically, creating ritualistic sacrifices and across the world too you see it in japan and that was kind of interesting um um though it was kind of the whole thing of them fighting back against the demon in japan i thought that was going to pay off more but it doesn't really it doesn't really end up paying off in in this movie but it it's it felt a little like they wrote themselves into a corner of where 
I don't know. I don't know how I, what I, I mean, I'm like the worst I, screenwriting is like, if anything I couldn't do in film, it's like that and acting. Um, so I, I don't know what, what would be the best out for the movie. Cause he, he, they take a really unexpectedly bleak, I mean, for such a fun movie, I, I, I hate to be, yeah. I, it sounds hypocritical given the movies I suggest you guys watch to complain about a movie being bleak <laughs> but it's just to me when i watch like a movie that's just sort of a goofy i don't even really take this movie that seriously as a comment on horror movies to me it's just a kind of a creative way to to inject some originality into a familiar genre um but then ending on that kind of note is a little bit i don't know i on on one hand maybe it's kind of ballsy maybe it's kind of unexpected that it's like yeah they are just I, I, they'd rather be selfish. I mean, is it even selfish because they're going to die too? <laughs> I don't know. You, 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 yeah, you almost I mean, can't think that much about it. Cause I'm just like, I, I, I was just like, okay, they can go the route of kind of a tragic heroic route. You see, sometimes I see in horror movies also like all oh, like zombie movies and stuff where someone has to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. Right. Or you, I, I thought they, for a second when Sigourney Weaver got tossed into the pit, I thought that was their out for like yeah I they, thought I thought about that too yeah. they used her as the 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 sacrifice that they didn't get and I was like oh that's kind of cheating but fine <laughs> but then it's like no oh no the world is gonna end and I was like oh really and then the hand comes up at the end you're like oh this is this is this is it for humanity um, <laughs> but 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 the two of them are very like cavalier about it like yeah, I guess we'll just smoke some pot in our last moments as all of earth is extinguished. So it, it just, it felt like the, he or the two Whedon and Goddard, um, they wrote themselves into this kind of, you could almost say like a heady or sort of what could have been a more thought provoking ending or climax. And they kind of just, it's not, they turn it into a joke, but they don't take it like that seriously. Which I think is appropriate yeah. for this kind of movie, but um, it was just yeah. a little. Bit, I mean, I think I don't know. I, I guess didn't totally like, work. Um, you know, if we're sort of reading into the, um, the you know idea about it, it being sort of a commentary about horror movies, I mean, I think you could you could even say like the the shaking up of the order, you know that. Uh, has been going on where it's sort of the classic horror movie. It's, you know, in some ways he's calling for an end to that and, and, you know, sort of, um, you know, placing, uh, placing a bit of like a, you know, throw all the convention away and we'll, you know, we'll redo it. We'll do some, some new things, new ideas, basically. That's um, interesting. Cause I saw some people who didn't like the movie, kind of having issues with that aspect of it as a kind of like the, the idea of saying, cause they, he has some sort of line about like, ah, humanity, they had a good run anyway, or like that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. Kind, kind of an idea of like throwing the pieces off the, off the game board and, and, and starting a new, um, some people had an issue with the movie almost feeling like they're saying that about the horror genre as in it's gotten stale and repetitive and it needs to be doing something fresh, which I think 
I mean, if 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 Whedon and Goddard were thinking that seriously, that would be that's like very obnoxious. Um, <laughs> but I I I don't know how much they really were thinking about it like that because it seems like pretty. It's it, it's a it's it's an interesting movie because it it seems like he, he is making fun of the stereoty- stereotypes of those movies, but it also yeah. feels very affectionate, and they're also just doing it. So it's like if 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 they really do have contempt for the genre, then the movie is deeply embarrassing because it's like <laughs> you can't. It's like people who like uh, what's an example like like someone who. Someone who criticizes something by doing the thing they're criticizing, right? You know, like it—it it would be deeply hypocritical. Well, in but, a lot of, in a lot of, um, you know, sort of more modern, like the Marvely type movies, you know, one way they'll get around, you know, um, tropes or stereotypes is they'll just comment that it is a stereotype. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, but it's not really a way to get around it. You know, you're just making yeah. the point that you're doing it. You're you just know? doing so it, and you're actually doing it more annoying. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's like, yeah, maybe you point that out about superheroes. That that actually makes a case that maybe Whedon does think that's what he's doing here. In which case, yeah, yeah. then that's then I don't like this movie. No, and I not I, not that I don't like it, but that that's kind of a. That's a very obnoxious quality of modern of modern movies. And I almost feel Definitely. like there's a re I thought Top Gun Maverick felt like a reentrenchment of hey, we can make something that's like using like the tools at the highest level but like not trying to be like wink wink like isn't this so cliché? Right. Aren't yeah. I above the very thing that I'm doing and just saying like hey, a story that's archetypal and stereotypical and been done a million times if it's done well, it still hits, and it's hit that way for hundreds of years. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I would prefer to look on the bright side about Cabin in the Woods and say that that the movie is just sort of having a a little bit. It's it more like the way Edgar Wright makes movies because Edgar Wright makes these movies that are parodies of genres, cop movies, um, zombie movies. But he's doing the movie. Like, he's making, like, that, that is, Hot Fuzz is one of the great cop movies. Shaun of the Dead is one of the great zombie yeah. movies um, at the same time. And I think I think it's possible to do it with with some kind of affection. Yeah, and, and I would say, like, it is a bit of a shakeup of the genre. Like, you know, you, you can't deny that, yeah, yes, he is doing the classic staples of having these, you know, very... Um, standard characters and you know they 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 do the thing where you know that all you know slasher movies do and whatever um Mm. he is doing that but at this on at the at the same time he's also um you know actively making a a commentary and doing something different on top of that um Mm -hmm. so you know if he's if his idea is to throw away the genre um, you know, I don't know if he, if he necessarily does that, but I, I do think, um, in some ways it, it, um, I guess it's like, it's the weakest form of, um, you know, the, the meta commentary in, in that way where it, um, it is commenting on it. Um, uh, but it's also, uh, 
it, it is also doing something different on t- on top of it. You know, it's commenting mm-hmm. on it by doing the thing, um, but it's also um, setting itself apart from from the thing as well. So I, I don't think it does it. Um, I don't know. I, I I get what you mean, though. There's a tendency for a lot of these movies to to have a sort of contempt for you know their predecessors, um, and I don't think this movie does, though. Maybe you could see it as. as I a, mean, I, the only way to know that would be to ask the people who made it. But I think, uh, I, 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 I think don't there's feel a lot of like, love for Evil Dead. I think there's a lot I th- of. Love I know. For, I I agree with yeah. that. I think I'm I'm whinging more just about a general trend than about it Definitely. being in this movie. And frankly, even if the goal of the movie is to be like we're making a more edgy, uh, you know, we're we're commenting on the genre and making and doing a version of what Marvel movies do and sort of self commentary this is a much better way of doing it because instead of just adding in quips and just being obnoxious, I think it's a lot more interesting and a lot more fun also just to have these characters. I mean, like Whitford and Jenkins being kind of like the filmmakers almost like they're the ones manipulating the story, telling the story, employing the cliches. And then also sometimes they have the audience in the movie, like the people who are in the facility watching like I thought it was kind of funny how there's I think there's a part where someone is like, you know, are they gonna have sex or are they gonna you know, like get naked, and it's like she's about to and then she stops and everyone's like, oh man, like everyone in the audience, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's like it, there's a self awareness that was sort of I thought was done in a way that was fun and and made it a more fun movie didn't didn't just kind of yeah you know, make it into an an annoying version of a stereotypical movie. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's as patronizing as it um as that kind of concept becomes later on, you know. I think mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's definitely a um this is like a modern tendency now. And I maybe you could directly uh link it back to Whedon and, and maybe even this movie, but um there is the modern tendency to um uh discard the um, or uh, j- just have like an active sort of contempt for, um, for the audience and for the you know the, um, you know the, the the genre that it that a movie is in kind of have yeah. this this almost like self destructive analysis of itself, um, you know tearing down the the ideas that that the genre was built on. Um, you know, and you could see the seeds in this movie, but I think there's, I think there's a bit more love, uh, and, and it's less cynical <laughs> than, yeah. than the modern, um, yeah. You know, and frankly, even if it's become. cynically made, it's, I don't know, it, I enjoyed it. So it's, yeah, uh, it's fine by me. I have no, I have no complaints. I, I mean, I used to enjoy some of those Marvel movies, honestly. I mean, I enjoyed the Avengers when it first came out. Um, you know, then I grew up, but you know, it's, uh, it's... <laughs> and, and you have to admit okay. after, after this movie, I, I mean, I do think this movie had like the good version of, of, you know, the impact that it was trying to do uh, just on, on the horror movie genre. Um, because mm-hmm. after this movie, not that it's, you know, directly tied or anything, but, uh, you know, you get things like the lighthouse or you get things like, um, hereditary or, you know things that are much more 
That's a good point. Um, yeah. Serious and throwing away sort of the conventions of the genre, uh, but doing it in a very, um, I, I guess a very uh, intentional way and not sort of, you know, disparaging the, the ideas. Um, right. I mean, I think, I think for me, like the lighthouse is a movie that is totally the, you know, the version of, of the ancient evils that, um, you know, the, this movie's talking about in some ways, you know, that's, hmm. that's a movie that's very not modern at all. You know, it's, it, it's kind of hearkening back to, to sort of these old sailor stories, um, the, and, and a very like lonely version of that. And yeah. the, the horror of that movie is, is nothing that you would see in sort of a, um, you know, the marvelization of the horror genre, but it is very different from, you know yeah. what what is what was classically um, that actually is that's a good point that that horror movies since in the last 10 years have um i mean it's it's sort of interesting because they've gone in all different directions because it's such a ubiquitous genre it's really the only lower middle budget genre that is still sort of um alive and well in this time yeah. where everything is either a massive blockbuster or a movie made for $2 that somehow has to like blast through 600 other independent movies. Um, and, and, and when you compare it to the way horror movies were in 2012, I can't say I'm like a expert on this, but I feel like it was much less inspiring i feel like it was a lot of like totally saw sequels paranormal activity <laughs> it was kind of maybe to to be fair to um to goddard and whedon it it was kind of not a very hopeful period not a very creatively fulfilling period and when you when you contrast it with the way things have gone um I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, I guess there's, there's stuff of all sorts. There's probably stuff that's even more cliche than the stuff they're making fun of in Cabin in the Woods nowadays, <laughs> like on Shutter. Yeah. Like there's just crap that people are making. And then there's stuff like, you know, mid tier stuff, you know, like Saw 10 is coming to theaters. People seem to actually kind of like that one. Yeah. I'll never know. Cause I won't see it, but, um, you know, and then people like whatever Ari Aster, who's really kind of, bending the form into something that almost doesn't really resemble it, you know, just into something completely new and different. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, still a pretty exciting, exciting time. It's probably one of the only th- things and only aspects of studio filmmaking that is, seems to be functioning in a healthy way. Yeah. Well, um, maybe, I mean, it, it definitely has been for the past 10 years, but I don't know if, um, you know, I don't know if there's there's going to be people who are sort of uh, like Eggers is someone who like seems to be getting away from horror and kind of doing other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he's he's kind of an interesting guy because I guess a lot of his movies are very non-modern, um, and he like he he's yeah he's very interested in in the um, you know kind of the the mythological. Um, you know, and, and it true. works for for the types of movies that he makes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know anything anything else you uh, you got. I I for me, I I I like this movie as sort of just a 
in the same way I like a lot of Peel's movies, you know, where it's just, it's fun. It's, it's, you know, got the spookiness. It's got the, um, you know, the element of surprise and it, it kind of does something that's a little deeper or more interesting than, than just what it would be on the surface. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah. It's a little bit, um, it's a little more sort of lightweight than like my favorite. Like I wouldn't put it in that tier of movies, but it was, it certainly was enjoyable and, um, and unexpected and, and I don't know, just, just, I don't know if I've seen a, a movie operate quite in the way it does. Like it, it, it really, they did have a really inspired, um, not just one idea, but like multiple ideas and yeah. how to sort of carry it through. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I think it, uh, I think it works. It's not the most compelling in the same way as like a peel movie or like, it's almost, you're not really looking at real characters. Like everything is so, so sort of cliche <laughs> yeah. and goofy by design. So it's it's not going to reach the level of something like Nope or Us or or whatever Hereditary or whatever. But it's um, I think it's well made, and I do you know the characters are likable. Having said that, that it's sort of cliched. Hey, Fran Kranz was great. I actually thought Kristen Connolly was quite good as as our lead uh, character, Virgin or whatever she's called. It was, it was actually kind of nice to see her get a good role because I feel like the only thing I've ever seen her in is being like a tertiary or whatever comes after tertiary character in um house of cards um oh yes like yeah, the first yeah, couple yeah. seasons i know which maybe she was was she with Corey stall i forget exactly what her i think she was was, was she not the um she wasn't the girlfriend of of the uh the press secretary guy right no no that was rachel brosnahan who oh, yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. went on to a much bigger career but yeah, Kristen Connolly's just like one of these people who is like, I don't know what happened to her after, you know, 2013, but um, yeah, that's a, that was a good, oh, okay, sorry, one more thing, this, this is, and this will be my last <laughs> remark. There's a moment in this movie, there's, there's baffling things in this movie, but one moment that was so baffling to me, and in the three days since I've seen the movie, I still have not been able to comprehend what was going on. You're in the house with them early on. There's some dialogue about textbooks. I don't even know what was going on with the textbook because it had nothing to do. Was that, <laughs> Did that even get paid off in any way later in the movie? No, no, it it doesn't. I guess it was just a joke as like the nerdy girl is bringing yeah, textbooks yeah, exactly, to study. Yeah, exactly. But, but Hemsworth... I know what you're going to say. <laughs> but Hemsworth gives, gives the textbook to Kristen Connolly, right? And yeah. then the other girl like freaks out and she says, oh, what did she say? Like she says something like you taught me or something like that. And she starts like screaming it and runs out of the room. And I truly have no idea what, 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 what the hell was that? No. So, um, it's a, it's, it's a, they're making fun of, um, an old, uh, drug commercial. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's, that's the reference. It's, it's kind it's, I, I think, I feel like it's, um, it's you, like an eighties thing. You're not messing with me about this. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, they say they do the, um, they they like do the thing from the old drug commercial. Um, yeah. Ooh. Well, so in the drug commercial, what happens? Um, I think they find drugs, and then and then, uh, or they find maybe it's not drugs. Maybe it's like cigarettes. An old cigarette commercial. 
they you know he find he finds the cigarettes the dad and then and he's and then the kids like uh, I learned everything I I know from you. <laughs> That's what he says. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like. Are you? Is, is this this is for real? Yeah, That's I'm what being that's, serious. I'm dead serious. Yeah, because nothing else in the movie is like that. Where it's like some, it like I know it's everyone is 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 cliche characters, but they do behave in believable way. They don't just turn into. <laughs> what even? I don't even know what that is. That's insane. I think they were they were just joke. Like what my read of it was, they're just they're joking. They're reenacting the the commercial. <laughs> but she seemed like really ups- like genuinely upset when she walked out of the room. She's well, she's displaying her acting skills as she does later on. Oh, is that what she's doing? So they're they're trying to. She's an actress, and it's like supposed to be she's acting. Yes. Yeah, she's acting. Oh. But I don't I don't think she is an actress. That was the other weird thing. It said she was pre-med. But my I don't know. This is this is some headcanon that I'm doing. I think this is I truly, think she's an actress. So they're they're in, the characters are invoking it, not just the filmmakers. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe maybe this is like super obvious to everyone else and everyone I who listens to I this don't is going it to it's pretty lose <laughs> any of the modicum of respect they had for me, but I was truly I backed it up. I turned the subtitles on. And I didn't know <laughs> what I was looking at. And if it is a reference to an 80s drug commercial, I mean, there's things that like don't w- age well in movies or like date a movie. This is like <laughs> like Al Jolson wearing blackface level dated in terms of people's understanding of it in a modern time. So, yeah, I think I mean, I though I will say, you know, with these characters, they've probably been been brought up in this time period so it would make sense for them but the reference in the movie doesn't uh doesn't doesn't really work <laughs> well all right i'll take your word for it cameron that was yeah strange moment <laughs> i didn't mean for this to be the note the episode goes out on on a movie i thought was pretty good but uh you know it is it is a little weird but stuck in my craws like what the (laughs) hell is going on here (laughs) that's so funny i i just took it as as you know they're just joking you know they're just messing around all right all right well (laughs) you don't get every reference i guess there was a joke about Bonanza in um, Donnie Darko, actually. And my dad had to explain it because I don't know anything about Bonanza. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that happens with older older media further you get. <laughs> well, anyways, um, yeah, anything else Anything else uh, you want to say about the movie? No, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it very much. And, yeah, uh, it's fun. Those are my final comments, asking about some obscure reference, so... <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, next week, I think Isaac will be back. Uh, so you'll get a regular episode. And, um, oh, one other thing. Yeah. What? The My favorite visual gag, I think, um, is the is the pile of zombie meat that's that like falls into the elevator when the elevator shaft opens oh yeah, i just that, think it's so funny i don't the, know there's something about it that's like and the zombie hand uh, helps him out a little bit yeah, yeah i like that. i forgot about that that was that was good i did like that uh, yeah um i the only thing i was gonna, gonna say, say oh well, it was just a quick like check out fran kranz's movie mass really good mm. and drew goddard's movie 
I think I probably enjoyed that even more bad times with the El Royale. That's just a really, it's one of these movies I was like, yeah, it was pretty good when I saw it, but I, it's, it's sort of like sticks stuck with me a lot. Chris Hemsworth is in it and he's like, mm. I think it might be his best performance. Um, and he's just a supporting character. It's Jeff Bridges, probably, probably the best Jeff Bridges role since true grid actually. And, mm. um, and probably the best Cynthia Revo role. She's really good too. Um, really just a strong, um, ensemble piece. Um, mm. And a contained old uh, 50s motel. So, very cool movie. Would Mm. recommend. I wish you'd make another movie. It's been like five years, and uh, it's clearly a talented filmmaker. Yeah, 2018. It's weird, because I feel like you mentioned, um, you know, Whedon kind of getting canceled, um, which I guess he kind of has, because he hasn't really done anything in the past couple years um, no he's he's done some tv i think and yeah i don't know i can't i can't be bothered to watch his tv show he even made yeah. like a shakespeare well that was back during the avengers period it was actually kind of cool he did avengers and then the same year he made it at his own house with just his friends an adaptation of much ado about nothing mm. um and both movies are mid but <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> It didn't help that I watched Much Ado About Nothing after the Kenneth Branagh Much Ado About Nothing, which is like the greatest Shakespeare film probably ever made. It's so good. Uh, Joss Whedon, lightweight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I I know people, people really swear by Buffy and by Firefly and all that stuff. So I don't, whatever. We don't need to speak ill of the man, but <laughs> by all account, he sounds like a, you know, a bit of a difficult uh, customer, but allegedly mm-hmm. he get in yeah. trouble for accusing someone of not being a nice person. I don't know. I don't um, know. I mean, I get probably not. I don't think so. You can get sued for that. You can get sued for alleging someone is a criminal, which has not been made of, of Joss Whedon. Just, just allegations of... Him, him being mean, being <laughs> annoying to the Justice League cast and making them do stuff they didn't want to do. To be fair, I mean, I'm not saying that movie would would have been good without him, but it definitely was worse with him. So, <laughs> yes, the Snyder the the four hour Snyder Justice League is a terrible film, but it was much better than the two hour Whedon Justice League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, was, it was so. You know, God, what a that whole the, the whole story of those movies that should be like a Hearts of Darkness. Oh like, yeah, behind the scenes that would be such a great. I'd be so interested to hear what went on. I want like a Phantom Menace documentary. Yeah, like uh, a, a really honest one. You know, like yeah. Um, not that not that I mean the cast has been pretty upfront about it. I mean, it's, it, I was kind of shocked that they they can just openly say yeah we hated working with this guy like normally in contracts you can't really say that but then yeah, you're just yeah. like oh yeah no we hated this every minute of it we love Zack Snyder um I don't know but that that movie sucked I guess that's his last work as a director Joss Whedon is is the Justice League technically so. it's not uh he's not listed as the director on IMDb so yeah uh, but I think he basically I mean, it's he basically directed that. I mean, he reshot it and then supervised post production. So I don't. Yeah. It's like Dexter Fletcher and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I say that like a that's a reference everyone's gonna understand. But like that's he basically ghost directed the movie, taking over from the credit. Or like director. the guy who took over from Richard Donner with Superman too. 
He was he was credited though, and well Donner, that was the one where Donner then went back and made it. Yeah, he re- they we're gonna go on such a tangent about like different versions of movies and different <laughs> directors, and and also the like this the um the politics of credit because sometimes people will mm. like the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, uh, Joe Johnston and was it Les was it Hallstrom who did that movie? The two of them agreed to share credit, even though one of them basically reshot and finished the movie. Um, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, by the way. Um, <laughs> I only saw it because I love the Nutcracker ballet, but that, that movie sucked so bad. Um, and then there's like stuff like Brian Singer where he's credited, but basically they took the movie from him. Yeah. And then sometimes it's, it's like Solo, which is the opposite, where Ron Howard took the movie over and finished it, and it's, it's a Ron Howard movie. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a little unclear how much, you know. But it from Whedon's case it sounded like he kind of he really did take it over. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm sorry I went on this tangent and made this episode five minutes longer of <laughs> just nonsense. <laughs> no, it's absolutely okay. no one would possibly care about. But it's alright. Uh we're just, you know, both you know, mildly disliking Joss Whedon. Not not really a, a deep hatred, but not a love either. You know? This is the, my favorite thing I've seen with his involvement. Oh, so, okay. Right. I think. I mean, what I, I, the Avengers is fine, whatever. It's mid. Um, much to do yeah, about I, nothing. I guess I'd probably so. agree. Yeah, this is, it's pretty good. I mean, Cabin Speaking in the Woods, as no it's expert. a fun movie. That's how we'll close. We recommend Cabin in the Woods. Do not watch the Joss Whedon Justice. Don't watch any Justice League. <laughs> Except for the TV show, which Cameron likes a lot. Um, but, yeah. All right. We'll see you next week.